Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit accesstv.com for more information. Don't forget, start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to plus.impactwrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content. Jason Kindle and myself, we are flying solo, I guess in tandem then. Jason, what's up, my friend? Oh, I'm just hanging out, Dennis. It's good to be back. I actually did a little, uh, I guess it wasn't a vacation. It was more of a vacation for me. Went to Florida, down to Fort Myers, watched my son play some baseball, got back. And I will say this, I can't travel like I used to. I I can't stand it. And I, you know, obviously... It is a little bit nicer now, though, because that middle seat's available. Mm-hmm. But I just I can't travel anymore. And obviously, it's not a charter. It's Southwest. That kind of uh, probably ruins it as well. But uh, th- that whole age thing, it does catch up with you. I mean, I'm a 930 going to bed guy. You know, there's a 9 o'clock game. <laughs> it doesn't work out too well for me. But it's good to be back. Uh, we'll hold the fort down for uh, uh, D and D-Mac and let's start and see what we're going to talk about because we are definitely winging it and we both have like an hour to kill and hopefully people enjoy it. We, we took a break while you were gone because it just didn't feel like the same without you. So we're back. I do want to talk a little bit more about the travel real quick because you've been one of those guys that have been mask up, lock yourself in your house. You haven't gone out. You, you not done any, uh, anything essentially Here you are now flying. You get to Florida, which has been kind of the wild west of the COVID. How nervous were you in Florida? Unbelievable. We um, because there's people walking around without masks, and yes, I I did. I had you know my mother-in-law had cancer. Um, She had has since passed, and so me and my family have been locked up more than I guess not say more than anybody, but we were a lot more careful than um, just because of um, her, her cancer. So being on an airplane for the first time in, in a while, and you know, it is nicer though. Like at that middle seat. So it was just me and my son um, who went out there. So it was actually really cool. I got to have some father son time, but I'm telling you, man, there's, it's because it's uh, uh, a, a red state, so to speak. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there without masks Did and, you- were you getting, were you getting looked at weird wearing a mask down there? Because now you everywhere else, people look at you if you're not wearing a mask, and they kind of shame you. In Florida, was it the opposite where you got shamed it, for you wearing know what, one? Though, it, it was still like a 50-50 thing. Okay, but it was more than than out here in Kansas City, and more than you know just what you see on TV. But it was still fifty fifty. There were still people being very cautious, and obviously, um, you know, my son and myself were extremely cautious and. Um, because that's the last thing we want. And if people out there don't think, I don't care. I'm not a really big politician person in politics. I don't know much about it, but I know that this uh, COVID-19 is real. And if you're not going to be wearing a mask, in my opinion, you're an idiot. Right. And especially, you know, in, in larger crowds and I, I don't know, but it, it, it was definitely a little bit different. And um, I don't know. 
I, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know this COVID's not going away anytime soon. And the more people are out there without masks on and sneezing and coughing and when there's other people around, it's not going to get any better. I mean, do what you can do to make this thing go away, I guess, my only advice. In, in transitioning now into the show, uh, we do give a quick plug to you're wearing the Doc Gallo shirt. Uh, look, Talk and Shop Mania 2, November 13th. Go get it wherever you get podcasts. Uh, they will be back on the show very soon. We've kind of waiting for everybody to come back before we do the do the uh, the joint shows, which we're really excited for. But you know, I talked to him today actually, and uh, we we're gonna we're gonna promote the podcast for them. They're gonna come on, so we can't wait. But uh, go get talk. If you haven't seen Talk and Shop Mania One, it, it's out there. It is funny. I loved it. Yeah. And I cannot wait for two to see how over the top it, ridiculous. It's like a naked gun. Um, or, uh, uh, you know, what's the Charlie Sheen one? Uh, uh, hot, hot shots. Hot shots. There you go. It, 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 you know what? It's just, they're such good dudes. And I guess it's a little bit, I don't know, because we know them, it's that much more entertaining, I guess. But I mean, even if you, you don't know them, it's, it's just a, it's a pretty, pretty cool thing. And um, yeah, I got my, uh, Aces and eights shirt on, and I got my Lakers hat on, so uh, I'm I'm feeling it. You know, this was one of those because we have a lot of people that come on the podcast, and they come and go, and you're like, oh man, that that guy's cool. But Gallows and Anderson and even Rocky Romero come on, and they left, and I felt like friends, like we were just talking with friends. And there's not many guests, and in the fact that Doc will. Uh, text me back of all people and how how awesome you felt when you got that stuff in the mail from him because you know you did him a favor that was awesome you know what they're 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 good people and i'm i'm a a very black and white person where i I kind of just say it and it's gotten me in trouble a lot but i mean there's good people and there's bad people (laughs) there's really and it goes back to what we've said for the last year and a half when we do the show you treat people the way you want to be treated and you know what? They're good people, and they happen to do something that we uh, uh, enjoy watching. And you know, it, it goes back. They enjoy baseball. They enjoy listening to you, you. Uh, your fantasy, and obviously the two other guys on our show, D and D Mac. And you know what? They're good, good people. And you know what? There are some still great people out there. It, it here's the thing: it, it treat people like you want to be treated. It's really that simple. I will not say any names, but if you go back and listen to one of our past shows, there being a guest at least, I'll say one, maybe two. Where if you listen to the show, you can tell Jason doesn't like them. Uh, you you are very black and white. If you like someone, you like them. If you don't, it's an icy cold show, and we'll leave it at that. We'll let we'll let the listeners go back and try to figure out who it was. Well, it's very, very obvious who I <laughs> it, don't like. And it really wasn't his fault. And here's the funny thing. It and, really- and, and, and I'll put it this way. Everybody out there that listens to this show knows I talk, talk, interrupt, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> when I'm quiet, I'm biting my tongue not to say something, not to curse, or not to say who the are you poor guy poor and it wasn't even his fault you know he did us a favor by dropping everything he's doing to come on the show in the middle of the show last second and i don't know what it was if it was the moon the vibe just him but he came on and jason wasn't having any of that that that's that's just one but that's the, probably the one that most people will uh, uh recognize but yeah and we, we won't say which Dennis one. had a um a, a pretty interesting conversation after that <laughs> and um it started with who the so anyhow yeah, yeah. Uh, but all is good it's good to be back talk to me what do we got all right let's got a lot of things going on. we do we do we're gonna start with fan questions and kind of go from there if if they go Here's the thing. In full disclosure, we've had about two attempts at recording shows, and they've just been awful. It, it, I don't know. I'm what... so glad you did not post them. Yeah. They, Thank you. They've been awful. Now, I've saved them, and maybe I can cut some up. And when there's uh, Christmas or something, I can try to 
you know, put a best of unheard stuff together. Maybe we can use some drops or, yeah, like yeah. you said, best but, of or but, unheard. Yeah. Yeah. But they won't see. There's a couple things that did come out that we are going to do. And, uh, I will say this in the next in a episode. Hopefully, when we get the the, the four of us together, me, you, D Mac, uh, Dimitri, he hasn't been around so long, I almost forgot his name. Dimitri, we can play this game where I essentially set it up on one of the past shows you'll never hear. Is I was listening to Howard Stern. Uh, he had a Sweet Sixteen bracket of uh, members of the show he would most likely like to go to dinner with, and I thought. That would be fun to go through each of your careers and pick out not not the stars, but just kind of some of the role players on teams or guys that you briefly played with. Just some of the off the wall names that that you wouldn't think of. Put them in a Sweet Sixteen bracket and have the person that's teammates with them go through and pick which one you know like a bracket style and explain why he picked one over the other. We did a little sample of it that won't hear, and it came off great, so I can't wait to do that. No, you know, it'd actually be pretty cool, and we can even get to the point to where um, the fans can pick teammates that we've had. Like, I mean, Ooh. I played for five different teams, so I had numerous. I, between the three of us, hundreds. You know, I'm talking about Dimitri, and we played for a total of, I, I mean, I don't know, 40-some-odd years. Right. So we've had numerous teammates, and... Um, you know, you could, it'd be fun. So, I mean, fans out there, please send in yeah. some other questions and, and do the game with us because uh, once again, I am pretty straightforward and I'm glad that he's not um, <laughs> putting that last episode out because there were yes. some guys that I probably shouldn't have said things but, about. It, but here we are now and uh, just setting that up for a future episode. So look for that. Super quick, uh, we'll go through questions. I didn't get the name, but this one comes off of Facebook. He wants to know, Jason, what do you think of the shift in baseball? I can't stand it. And I, and and what I can't stand about it is the fact that if and we've we've said this before on the on the show. If you are going up, I'm, the, the scoreboard dictates everything in this game. And if it's a one-one tie in the eighth inning, and I'll go back to and I've already said this, Joey Gallo, two years ago. It was a one-one game. There's not one person on the left side of the infield, and all he had to do, and he's hitting two twenty. If you're a big league ball player, and I don't know how it is now, but my last year is 2010, and my last four years of my career, if I didn't have a three in front of my batting average, it was embarrassing. So I, I had an embarrassing last four years. But that all being said, is it is a team game, and you're hitting two twenty. And listen, I cannot stand. The, the people, oh, I can't bunt. I can't bunt. If you are at the big league level and you can hit 95, 96 with sink cut, you can bunt. You, you have that good of eye-hand coordination. So, and the, the left fielder was playing like the, as the second second baseman. Mm-hmm. And what did Joey got? All he had to do was like, he, he didn't even have to bunt. He could just slash, like play pepper. And what did he do? He rolled out to the left fielder and right center. And it just things like I can't stand the shift, but they'll continue to do it until there is somebody, whether it be a manager, a player, like if I was a player on that team, I'd have grabbed him by the neck been like, dude, I don't care who the hell you are. I don't care how big you are. What, what, are, what are you doing? This is a team game. Cause all you have to do is you drop a bunt down. Then the next guy, and, and let me, let me take a step back. It was a pennant race game. Like I said, this is two years ago. The Rangers aren't in there now. So it was, you know, you're in the American League West, neck and neck trying to make the playoffs, and you roll over to the left fielder and right center, which is still funny to say. There's nobody on the left side of the infield. And the fact that nobody even said anything, and I know the manager very well at the time. It was Jeff Bannister. And that's probably – actually, not probably. It's one of the reasons he got fired because he did say something afterwards. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a player – I'm saying, what are you doing? And, and it's a selfish, selfish move. But at the same time, they continue to do it, and guys continue to hit into the shift. If you want to hit 210, 220, and you think that's cool, great, by all means. But, I mean, the fact that some of these managers, not all of them, some of them are some of these coaches, some of these players will not say something to these players. I don't know how to bunt. Dude, you're full of sh- crap. 
You're full. Yes, you do. If you can hit a 95 mile an hour fastball, you can bunt. I, and I, it continues to happen. It continues to happen. And I don't know. It's a different. It's not a different game. It's the same game. The names are just going to change. But it. it here, here's I don't a, know. Every player goes up when they're hitting, looks at the scoreboard, and, see, and you see everything. You see your stats, number, blah, whatever. And you still continue to hit into the shift. I, Mike Moustakas is a perfect example of somebody who changed it. Who changed it? They have this, and you know what? He can hit the ball left field. He can bunt now. And they go back to kind of playing straight up or whatever your uh, tendencies are. And those little balls you hit in that hole that your analytics, charts, whatever say, they now go through because he learned how to hit the ball. The other, well, not learned. He knew how to hit the ball the other way. But he actually practiced it over and over and over again. And so Mike Moustak is, is a perfect example of somebody who got paid because he learned how to beat the shift. I I personally like it because it exposes – we've been raised to think, you know, baseball ba- – people hitting baseballs are the most athletic guys in the world. But if you can't hit a ball – to a big gap in the field that could easily net you a double, you're not a great hitter. Sure, you might be a great hitter when it's in your zone and you you know you kind of hit them over someone's head. Sure, whatever. But a great hitter can spray the field. I I like it. I think that it it's one of those things where you know what? Learn how to beat it if you don't like it. Because if you start putting the ball in the other direction, they'll stop. They'll, the shift will go away. And until players learn how to go opposite field, the shift will stay around. And it's that simple. You don't like it, learn to hit somewhere else and make it go. Well, it's funny because, and listen, I'll be honest with you, I have not watched maybe five innings combined playoff games that have gone on so far. So I don't know. And that's because I was traveling. But I'm so curious to watch – couple games here to see if they still do it because this is where it's, I mean, you're in the playoffs, you lose, you're out. So you'll see who can manage. You'll see who, who, who has teammates who care about winning. You'll see teammates. Oh, I want to, I want a good average and, you know, for my baseball card in playoff game. And you'll see that very, very easily in the playoffs. And so I don't know. Have you watched any games? You, you tell me. Have, have they been doing it still? Uh, I think I've only seen it once. Through, I mean, this season. I've I've probably watched a little bit more than you. Not a ton. Uh, by the way, congratulations so far. Although it's not looking good. They're down, I think, two games to one or two games and nothing to Atlanta. But the Marlins making the playoffs. Oh, went, well, you jinxed that yesterday. So he Dennis texted me yesterday like, hey, nice call on the on the Marlins. And I'm like, dude, really? They were up four to two. And next thing you know, the Braves come back. But, but still, no, the fact what? that they, they made the playoffs. I mean, they were they were project, projected. Well, I, I, I know I had the Marlins and the Blue Jays. Blue Jays got knocked out. Um, but I'm telling you, don't put anything past the Marlins. They're – Young enough and dumb enough to go out and and win three in a row. They are absolutely, and you're right. Uh, Kincaid wants to know, and we talked about this on the podcast. You won't hear about, but since you'll hear this one, we should do it now. Any thoughts on Alex Gordon retiring? So that you talked a little bit about it. It won't see the light of day, but here we are now. Alex Gordon announces his retirement. Who did? Here's a guy. Talk about a guy that turned a career around. He was kind of labeled pretty early as a bust in his career and turned it around. Well, I think, first of all, when Alex was drafted, he was number one pick. I want to say second. He might have been first in the nation. I can't remember. Um, he was supposed to be the next George Brett. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to be the next George Brett. There's only one. That's it. So to put those expectations on on, on someone that young um, is is really difficult. And you know what, Alex is actually he's he's one of my good friends, and um, they did a really cool they did some cool stuff at the very end of the season, and um, a lot of the players that he played with. And I, I was fortunate enough to play with him for one year in 2010, and just a as solid as a human being as there is. Father of three a good dude would do anything for you. And he was never a rah-rah guy. He was just, he went out, played every day, became the best left fielder in all of baseball for a seven year period when he was a third baseman, went from Nebraska. What an unbelievable dude. Um, just a class act. And, and guys like that, you, you, 
just you can't be happy enough for him. He could listen. And the funny thing is, is he could still play. I wish I had that option um, when I had to retire. I just couldn't throw a baseball anymore. He could still play, but th- that's a family man type thing. Now, I don't think he can go out and hit 300 anymore. And, but I mean, he'd be, he, you send him to the National League, if, depending on how the DH rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be an unbelievable double switch guy, pinch hitter, and still get paid an awful lot of money. But he's staking at home. He lives here in Kansas, wants to be with his kids which is time that he didn't have. And it's not, I would say similar to my situation, but you know, that's why I got out for right now to, to watch my kids do the things. And, and I'm telling you what, like earlier in the show, I went to Florida with my son. It was awesome being a dad sitting on the right down the right field line. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to watch the game and not, and it was really, really cool. So that's what Alex has chosen to do. He's uh is, He's as good as a guy as there is out there. So um, I'm happy, Alex. Congratulations on an unbelievable career. You've earned it. Go be a father. Where do you think he'll finish when it got all said and done as one of the all-time greats in Kansas City Royals history? Do you think he'll be there? Or do you think he'll be one no, of the No, with, without a doubt, just because he played his whole career there, which doesn't happen anymore. Unheard of. It, it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, I can honestly name, I think, and I'm just going to try to say five, and, and you tell me. You got Tony Gwynn, Cal Ripken, George Brett. Um, yeah. You can say Alex Gordon, uh, Kirby Puckett. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of who else. It's, a, it's not many guys who have played Derek Jeter. Uh, I mean, it doesn't happen anymore because of free agency, because of the money out there. And it's just one of those things where it doesn't happen. And for him to be, you know, obviously – Omaha is a little bit away from Kansas City. Well, three-hour drive. But for him to be a first-round pick for the team that he grew up watching, stay in the the play, he's going to be one of the greatest because he has enough. I mean, he played 14 years in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. He has, I mean, being you're going to have the stats that are going to be right up there. Obviously, nobody's going to be George Brett. Nobody's going to be Frank White or uh, I mean, so whoever. Many, so many in Kansas City. Yeah, there, no, there is, there is. And, and he'll have his number retired. Has for to. the Royals, he'll be in the Royals Hall of Fame, which is unbelievable because the Pittsburgh Pirates are still the only team that does not have a Hall of Fame for that team. The only team. I mean, wow. we Marlins here. But he'll be a Royals Hall of Famer, as he should be, and um, had an unbelievable career. Won a World Series, brought helped bring a world championship back to the city, and it was in 1985 when they last won it. So here's um, – He'll be. He'll go down as top five all time. Here's one more question on this, and maybe this will get us into a debate. And the one thing I hate in sports is the retiring of a number. I, I just, I'm not a fan of that because at some point you're going to retire every single number. I think there's a cool way to do it, and maybe we'll get into it in the show. Maybe it's another show. But does he deserve to have his number retired? That's a, yeah, good question. Uh, I'm just gonna let you know he will. <laughs> Does he deserve it? But it's but I mean, this, this was a, a lot of the clubhouse guys. They won't get if they don't retire that number. It, it, you know, listen, and I'll give you an example. They didn't retire Dan Quisenberry's number because Mike Sweeney wore it. I love Quisenberry, by well, the way. Twenty nine. So they're both in the Royals Hall of Fame. It's in the left field um, where the Hall of Fame's at in, at Kauffman Stadium. So they both wore number twenty nine. So I don't think anybody can, else can wear 20. They're not going to – listen, number fives will never be worn. Um, I think Frank White was uh, – I want to say 10, but I can't – that won't ever be worn. But um, I, I think it's a, it's such a cool thing for a player. And if they don't retire it, it will not be worn by somebody until – you know, for a long – and I'll give you an example. Like Greg Holland came back to the Royals this year. He was number 56. And Greg Hollins, he's another unbelievable person. He didn't care. He, was, he helped win a World Series. Mm-hmm. One of the best closers in his era or in the three-year period that he uh, that he played for us. And 56. Well, our new stud, or the Royals' new stud, now wears 56. They're number one. I'm trying to think name off the top of my head. But so Eric Hosmer wore number 35 when he was here. They gave it to Holland because they were teammates, they were buddies. 
that number will 35. If Greg Holland's not back, it won't be given out again. These clubhouse guys know what they're doing. I will say this though, with Pittsburgh is I'm playing for the A's the following year. And I'm seeing some guy I'd never even heard of wearing number 18. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I guess clubhouse guys didn't like you very much. Oh, the clubhouse, I took care of them more than anybody. That's the that's the, the kicker. Someone, the owner or somebody else came in and like, uh, no, this ain't, no. So I'm sitting there going, you've got to be kidding me. They just gave this to, to Joe Blow, some do you, middle reliever Do you think not they, even there anymore? Do you think they do that sometimes to send a message to, like, you know, maybe the owner or the GM? Oh, and a, a, a great big Yes. F you to somebody. Without a, yes, without a doubt. And that's what happened. They, then I'll guarantee you, they made the clubhouse guys give that number out because they're, you know, trying to move on. New chapter. Da, da, da. Which, what, you know, listen, I don't care. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, I, I wore 18 my whole career. I was very fortunate. And 18 is a big number in our family. There you go. All right. Uh, Angela wants to know, uh, he's interested in hearing Jason's thought about home plate collisions in some of your experiences. Now, you've talked a few, uh, several times in different podcasts about how you don't like it went away. And I kind of agree with you. I think there's a way to still have it in the game, but regulate it. You know, um, almost like the NFL does with helmet to helmet collisions, uh, stuff like that. I mean, you guys are very well protected. It spikes up, or I kind of feel like that's okay because you're you're protected. Uh, maybe, boy, that's tough. What's your thoughts? As a player, I wish they had this rule when I played because there was at the end of my career, I've been crushed at the plate. At the end of my career. There's a lot of times where I screw the ball. I'm going, I'm putting my knee in someone's face. I wish they had this play when I played or this, this rule Buster Posey. Nobody ever this called the Buster Posey rule or whatever. Nobody ever says that Buster Posey didn't even know how to block the plate. Probably still doesn't. <laughs> and he was in the wrong. It was a kid from the Florida Marlins. I don't even know his name. It was a one, one game in the maybe two, it was a tie game in the 12th inning, 11th inning. I don't even know. It was a young kid on second base. Base hit. You're taught to just bust your butt and go. Well, Buster Posey was not set up the right way. Put your foot on the left corner of the plate, uh, pointing towards third base, and that saves your knee. It saves your ACL tear, and you don't move. Now, obviously, if the ball is up the line, or you got to move, but from right to left, you, it's another. That's a that's a coaching thing or whatever. But that's how you do it. Not set up the right way, and this kid crushed him. And good for the kid who crushed him. But because baseball is very soft now. They made a Buster Posey rule. As a fan, it's got to stink. That's an exciting, exciting play. Absolutely. And you want to see that. And I'll be honest with you. My old man told me this from the first day that I started catching. You take the ball. Whoever's coming at you. Because now you're looking at a baseball with like a fist. You, you try to knock them out. Oh, boy, I tell you what, I've knocked a couple people out. And um, it was a good feeling because I don't care if the guy is 5'5". If he's running full speed, he's going to knock you on your butt, especially if you're getting the ball from right field and have to turn around. And that's how I got my first real, real bad concussion was with Gary Sheffield. We got (laughs) actually a funny story. We got in uh, a fight the year before, and I said in the paper, you know, that the dude just ran me over or let me tag him. None of this would have happened. And that's what we got in a fight. Well, the next year, there was a bang-bang plate to plate, and he crushed me. And uh, I'll never forget, my brother had to take me to the hospital because the trainers didn't even give a crap back then. I had I was almost knocked out. I kept saying the same three things over and over and over. Our manager, Gene Lamont, had been in a wheelchair for two weeks. And I saw him, and I go, what are you doing in a wheelchair? Did we win? Ah, he was just pissed because I punked his ass last year. Those are the three things I kept saying over and over and over. Brother had to take me to the hospital, and I'll never forget. I called Gene Lamont at 3 in the morning, and I said, Gino, this guy's not going to get the best of me. I better be in the lineup tomorrow. I had zero business playing probably for about two weeks. I was in the lineup, went two for four off of Chan Hill Park, but my head's never been right since. We know that. But Everybody knows that, and that's okay, but – 
as a fan, I wish they still had it because it's, it's an exciting play. You can't even break up a double play. Right. Uh, that goes into now, uh, are there a couple collisions for you personally that you that stick out in your mind that you were involved in, whether you got the best of somebody or someone just, you know, tin canned you outside of Gary Sheffield? Oh, man, I, I mean, you just you just get crushed. But I mean, I also had an advantage. I knew how to protect myself. I knew how to because my dad played right and, and you know, an era went through. So he, you know, he taught me how to protect myself. So the bang bang ones where you get in the ball from right field, you turn around those ones, you just have no, no. But I mean, later on in my career, oh, I could knock some people out. I, I knocked Miguel Cabrera with his rookie year on his butt. They took him off. I mean, I've not, there's a couple, I, Dustin Pedroia was uh, rounding third and I had the ball and I'm like, is he really coming at me? Pop, knocked him. There's a, actually a picture of somewhere. Um, I've, I've gotten some people. But then my last three or four years, when you knew someone was coming, I didn't care what the score was of the game. If we were winning, losing, unless it was a one, unless we were winning by one run, it was a tight run in the ninth inning, I'd let the ball go and I'd put my knee in someone's face. And mm. please, please slide head first for me. I'm breaking every finger you have or I'm busting your jaw. You will not be playing next week. I love it. Uh, is was there ever a guy that crushed you and apologized to you like hey man you all right you okay sorry man or do they not stick around that long no i just thought i'd ask that because i always wondered man if if there's something that happens and the guy knows it's a little dirty does he go my bad man i hope you're all right nothing huh no because you know what a lot of people didn't they didn't talk to me because i didn't talk to them um and i will say this there was three people that I was like, oh, crap, he's on second base with two outs. And um, Brian Jordan, mm-hmm. who played football. Loved Brian Not Jordan. Not so Deion Sanders. There's more two. Deion Sanders, who's on. I mean, I, I knew I – but, I mean, I also had, like, fantasy football and stuff, too, so I didn't want to hurt him that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Adam Dunn, who is one of my really good friends, and he had a chance to just absolutely knock me into a, a different state. And uh, he didn't. And I uh, bought him some beers that night. Does, does That's that... the one person that I'm like, oh god, I, I had no chance. And this, I mean, this is a this dude's six six. He, I, think, like I don't know if he's a quarterback or tight end and whatever at, at football. I mean, he could have been a football player. And I'm just going, this is not happening. But because we were good friends, and the Reds and the Pirates at the time were, you know, we played each other every day, and and we were in Sarasota and Bradenton, so. Uh, we got to be friends, and he didn't hit me, but he 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 could have killed me. He could have ended my career. Adam does. I think Adam Dunn gets a raw deal when people look back at his career because the the guy was a monster. He was crushing, but towards the end, you know, he's batting two ten, two oh nine. I it I, didn't I, matter. He was a threat at every time he can hit the ball out of the freaking city at any given time. Yeah, he struck out a lot power hitter but i'm gonna tell you what he had a presence because of what he did before and he was an unbelievable player unbelievable player and, and once again i there, we dropped an alex gordon greg holland adam dunn unbelievable person someone that uh you know one of those guys that i look back and man i wish i would have uh been able to play with him he was that good of a dude brian wants to know and this kind of i guess may go along the lines of the home plate collision uh, is there ever a time you look back on your career? Is there one at bat or one defensive play that just always sticks out in your mind, whether it's good or bad, that you just kind of always go back to? And that's a good question because that's a great question. And I mean, I mean, because you probably always, you know, you you've had so many at bats, you caught what over two thousand games. But it, it for me, I would always imagine being a pro athlete. There's always that one at bat that I always will look back and go that was the perfect at bat or the one defensive play where th- that was it, man. Wow. Um, if I had to go back, Oh, that's a great, great question. I have to think about that and I'll try to give you a better answer. Um, obviously when I stepped on first base, the wrong way right. and I snapped my ankle, that's a, a, out of the top. Of, I mean, just the, instantly the first thing I thought of was hit the bag the way you're supposed to. And, you wouldn't have snapped your ankle. Um, that's a great question. I'm going to have to think about that. Who was that that sent that? Brian. 
because because I Brian, think- I will get back to you on that because uh, as far as that bad or defensive play, no, because I knew I was going to mess up and I knew I was going to do some great things, and I always try to keep things even keel. Um, I've lost games, I've won games, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been great, I've been awful, and I've been mediocre. And I know how hard this game is, but I will think of something for you, Brian. Because I think knowing you for about two years now, and, and we talk almost every day. We really do. And sometimes it's about sports. Sometimes it's about family. But for the most part, minus this week, we, we talk just about every day. And from what I imagine, the, you, you probably have to think about it, but you could be standing there having a cop, cup of coffee and you look out at the sunset and it may trigger like that. You can sm- you you remember the smell. You remember where the sun was, the temperature, and just the swing. And when when you think about it, there's got to be an at bat where you go, man, that sun was perfect, and it was a Tuesday, and you know. No, I think you're crazy right now. But I mean, it's, it's cool to think like, like that. I mean, I will say this: I'm in, in very <laughs> in very stressful situations, I I always knew how to go out and calm the pitcher down. I mean, you know, CC Sabathia, we're in the last game of the season. If we win, we go, we, we might have a chance to play. And I, and I was, this is just an example. Hey, uh, see, this eighth inning say he's already thrown 120 pitches and he's thrown his last three games, three months or whatever on three days rest. And hey, see, you know, what? Uh, you might want to speed this up a little bit, dude, because uh, I actually really want a beer. So let's hurry up. <laughs> I go so stuff like that on the mound. I mean, I always say I always knew how to, but I mean, I will think of that, Brian, and I will get back to you um, in our next uh, podcast. Let's see here. Let me look through here. Kevin wants to know, Jason, was there ever a time where someone tried to convince you to wear batting gloves? Oh yeah. I, if you go back in my um, one of the, yes, there was, and I, it was when I came here to Kansas as an Oakland athletic playing the, um, and I was scuffling and I, uh, my dad was a coach with the Royals and he picked me up in the morning and went to lunch before the game or whatever. And how you doing, bub? Da, da, da. I'm like, I'm doing good. My hands are killing me because I, my screw worst injury I had was my thumb. I just couldn't swing. Like I used to be able to swing. Um, and I said, there's my, my hands hurting. And he goes, well, you tried batting gloves. And I said, no, I'm not going to use batting gloves. I like the feel of the bat. Let's try it. See what happens. Swisher's locker next to me, Nick Swisher. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, Swish, give me a um, pair of gloves. He goes, what? I go out and I get three hits. Of course I'm going to wear batting gloves the next day. Of course I am. So I ended up wearing those actually all the way in the playoffs in, in Detroit. Um, so my play, I mean, yes, my dad could make and. My dad also gave me the best advice too when he was with, he was a coach with the Rockies coming into Pittsburgh and he goes hey uh, you're scuffling a little bit right and I said yeah I haven't gotten a hit dude he goes uh, your toho where you put your foot as a hitter he goes move it up one um, just one foot I go why he goes just just do it and see what happens so like because most people will sit most hitters actually all hitters will put their foot in the where they dig in they in the same spot every time so he goes uh put your foot in a different like one foot up or one foot back and i'm like i go why i'll let you know i did it i went three for three had a bomb off of pedro stasio a double like uh, i don't know what i just and i go dad after the game because he was staying with me i go this is in pittsburgh i go uh why'd you make me uh, do that. Or like, or why'd you give me that advice? He goes, like, what does it do? And he goes, hell, I don't know. I can never hit like you just to change something up. And wow. without a doubt, he was right. Just because it gets your mind off of baseball players are creatures of habit. They like doing the same thing. They like a routine. They like doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And it was, I was so out of my element by being that one foot up, up in front where I usually dug in that I didn't think about I was scuffling I didn't think about where my hands were I just saw the ball and hit it here's a good one this comes from Vaughn Vaughn wants to know was there ever one jersey that you played in that you felt more comfortable than any of the others 
and maybe that goes to a superstition thing. I, I wouldn't even know what you would file that under because I think they're all made of the I, same yeah, material. Yeah, all I know, Vaughn, it's a good question. Probably not for me, but uh, maybe you can ask Dimitri, but I was able to put a big league uniform on every night for 16 years, 15 years. It didn't matter what it was. I will say this, though. Some of the um, throwback, for, um, like the Negro League uniforms or the – uh, I mean, whatever they have, so many different uh, uh, new uniform pirate ones. Yeah, I mean, what, those the wool ones. Okay. Those ones got yeah, a little bit hotter, but you know what? Still, it's a big league uni. Now the the uniforms they have now are just like wearing a t shirt. I mean, it's all it's unbelievable. The, these these jerseys now. Let's see here. What else? I'm scrolling through. Edward wants to know, was there just one umpire you could not stand to be behind the plate with? There was a couple, but for the most part, I was really good friends with them because, I mean, I'm back to the whole nine innings with them, and I've had beers with most of these umpires that, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, on a day off somewhere or, or there's a couple. And C.B. Buckner's awful. He's still doing it. I have no idea how. Um, Jerry Mills still doing it. Angel, Angel Hernandez. Angel was a good dude. He was just an awful umpire. Actually, well, still is an awful umpire. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, just bad people who who you didn't like. I can only say about those three that I can think of off the top of my head. Even Joe West. Me and Joe West got along. Um, but I mean, the longer you play, the more you get to know these guys. And I always tell every single catcher that I've ever taught in the big leagues or helped in the big leagues. The first thing you do is you say, hey, hey, Joe, call them by their first name. You know, how you doing? How's the family doing? And it goes a long way because if you think about it, these guys, there's not too many four-game series anymore. These guys are traveling out of a suitcase. They get two two-week off, uh, two two-week vacations a year. But, I mean, you're there for three games. Then you go to the next city, three games. You're living out of a suitcase. These guys have it, you know, and they're obviously away from their family. But I was real good friends with a lot of people. But Jerry Mills, I will say this. There's a – in the Houston um, visiting dugout, there's a little ramp that goes up. He rung me up, and, and uh, he wanted to go somewhere. Oh, you know who's another guy? Greg Gibson, bad person. Um, and I have no problem, once again, saying these guys' names. But um, Jerry Mills, there, there's a, a, a handicapped lift elevator that goes up these stairs, which you have to have in every, obviously, building. And uh, there is a huge cleat mark because this dude just ran away from me. After he rung me up in the game, ball's about a foot outside. He wanted to go home because they were going to miss their flight. It was something stupid like that. Same with Greg Gibson, another guy who did something very similar. And uh, I, there's a foot mark in this uh, uh, handicap. <laughs> a uh, little elevator that gets up 10 stairs or whatever it may be. And uh, every year that I went back there, I just, I got Jerry Mills. What an absolute clown. So yeah, there, there's guys that I don't like, but I just maybe dropped four, five names. All these other guys, I'm telling you what, whether you like them, you don't like them, whether you mess up, you'd, you're in conversations with them for nine innings and fans can't see that. Whether it be, Hey, where's that ball? Mm -hmm. What are you doing tonight? Hey, so what to answer that question? I the four I just said off the top of my head, I'll think about that too, Vaughn. Let's see here. Jim wants to know. Oh, let me find it. I just lost it here a second ago. Uh, oh, Jim wants to know is there a quote you ever wish you could get back? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not, not necessarily. I've said some dumb things. And, um, you know, I guess my rookie year, if I would take something back is, um, Al Martin was getting booed out of the, the stadium. Well, I was a good friend of mine and, um, he, uh, they were just, and somebody came up and asked me what, uh, what do you think about the fans booing Al or something like that? And I'm like, hell, half these people never put on a jockstrap. They have no idea what they're doing that in, in, in a, a sports town. No, this was my, I'm 21 years old. Mm. So I didn't know anything about Pittsburgh except for they drafted me and it's my first year there. I, that's it. And then I learned how to deal with the media. 
and then so about and after I said that, everybody wanted to come to and and get my opinion after games. And then what happened was the more I learned, it was, what do you think? What happened, Jason? Was that a good game? Oh, you know, the pitcher pitched a good game. You were both sides of the plate, and I uh, kept the ball down. It was a good win. We'll, we'll get it tomorrow. I, and if we lost, I'm like, you know what? Blame it on me. I was the one calling the game, and uh, it just didn't work out. And, and so I got boring. So you as a media guy, Dennis, what would you do? Somebody, well, the guy, half these people never put a jockstrap on. Of course you'd come to me the next day. Right. Then boring probably wouldn't come to me as much. See, that depends. Because if I liked you, I think I would still come to you to, to give you an opportunity to rehab your image maybe or to at least keep a relationship going with you. Because there are guys that – uh, when I was in the in the Tigers locker room, I couldn't stand. I, I didn't care if they were a good quote. There's one guy that's still playing that I think is an absolute jack leg, and I'll leave it at that. I he, he, he dis- Let's see if we can figure out who it is. Um, Miguel Cabrera. Nope. Um, what team does he play for now? Uh, he's in the National League. Okay. So let's go with uh, – give me a division. Ah, gosh. Uh, did he go to the Reds? I don't know. Uh, you this know, is the difference between me and you. You're like a jack leg. I'm like, dude, no, it's Jerry Mills. He's a douche. You know what? Nick, I'll, I'll say it's Nick Cassianos. Okay. I was not a big fan of his. He kind of had said some things here and there to me that I was like, oh, pound Sam, buddy. All right. Uh, well, off the air, let me tell you Nick Cassianos' story because uh, you might think different. All right. All right. And then – last of the baseball questions, we still got a few more minutes. I'll get a couple wrestling in we have for us, but last of the baseball questions, this comes from Ted. Uh, what was your first week of retirement like and who gave you the best retirement advice? Um, I really didn't retire. I, I went straight into coaching and in, in, in the front office of the Royals. Um, as soon as I guess, be two years ago but but i mean that's a great question because i didn't have to go on the road when i did retire as a player and going on a lake with my family that summer it was the first summer i had since i was 17 years old at the beach because obviously you're playing so that was unbelievable i'm like this is what summer's like geez why am i even doing this Mm -hmm. so when i got officially out of baseball i was already used to (laughs) <laughs> having fun. But um, as soon as I retired as a player and I had a summer on a lake, it was unbelievable. As far as advice, I didn't need any advice. All I know is I was not going to the ballpark to play a game. All right. Graham wants to know, Mustafa Ali is now the head of retribution. Do you think it's a good move or a bad move? And who would you have picked? Hey, I, 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 I want a bigger name. Yeah, I want I, a bigger name. I, You know, when they first did the retribution angle, I think we all loved it. I can't stand it. I know, even when they came out, I couldn't stand no, it. No, you didn't like it because I thought I. No. Well, okay, I take that back. The first time they came out, I'm like, this is awesome. Yes. Thinking, like, maybe it's a CM Punk. Maybe it's a Roman Reigns. I don't think Reigns is back. Maybe it's somebody huge. Maybe it's John Cena. Who knows? Who knows? But the way they built these guys up. And then it just seemed like it was the same move over and over and over again. And they didn't up the ante. They just kind of stayed neutral. Then they revealed themselves, which Retribution was, I mean, they were all good indie wrestlers, maybe a couple uh, decent NXT names, but nobody that really stood out. And we all thought that was it. Then COVID hit and they were kind of quarantined for a week or two. I don't remember. And then all of a sudden, Mustafa Ali comes out. And then they say that he's the hacker that was, what, almost a year ago? That there was no completion to that? I, I think it was I have I have had so many thoughts on this, Dennis, that, like, as far as who – I think they need a leader. Yes. Not Ali. I, I mean, and I'm just saying this because of the last dance. What about, like, a, a Dennis Rodman being the leader or – somebody a big and then having obviously some certain people underneath you or you know i don't know maybe he could throw triple h in there i I even know he's right just somebody somebody that has a name like whoa or kurt angle leading you know certain people just somebody you had a chance i don't like 
you had a chance, and I know COVID screwed up a lot of plans and they probably limited a lot of things, but you really had a chance where you had these guys chainsawing up a ring on live TV, which was awesome, but when they kept doing it, it became like this again. But you really had a chance to change something or make these guys almost revolutionary. Okay, well, how bad was it, though, when, you know, their masks did slip down or their hoodies did come off? And you're right. like, who is that? And the Internet was all over it. And, and accidents happen. Not always their fault. But Yeah, no, I understand that. But, I mean, like, what if something, something slipped and you can see one of CM Punk's tattoos? Or, I mean, something like that. Just something like yep. or you can... Yeah, you, you, you see a, a a pedigree or something like that, and I'm, obviously Triple H is not going to do right. that. I shouldn't have brought that name up, but maybe a move that a signature move that would have yes, maybe yeah. tease someone. Maybe mm-hmm. here's where I I wish it was different. Is we're finally getting back to something I loved during the Attitude Era was stables, and I think one of the questions for you was who was your favorite stable, but we'll talk about that here in a minute if we have time. You had a chance. You you bring in the hurt business, which I love what they're doing, and I agree. And retribution could have been phenomenal if you really made an impact with them and you gave them a standalone leader that really made it feel like you put somebody that's injured in that doesn't have to be in the ring that's directing them. That would, somebody that can speak to yes, but one if, person needs to be. The, the, the talking, that's it. Yep, yep, and they didn't do that. It fell flat on, on all levels, unfortunately. There's no saving it. And I would be, I'd be shocked if this thing is still around come January, in all honesty. I think it'll be gone well, way before then. My opinion, and my opinion only, and I, lo- I love Randy Orton. Love Randy Orton. And I love the stick that's going on now. I, I absolutely love it. I love the fact that after his match, he turns, he puts his night goggles on <laughs> and he goes and he knocks the crap out of Shawn Michaels, the big show, Christian and uh, Rick Flair. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's because people love Randy Orton that I think there's more people just so locked into him and um, Drew McIntyre. And I just think that's, it's, this is just my opinion only, but I think that's such a good thing because listen, you're not going to, one of the things they said when they're out there, I, I believe was like, um, dude, how many chances are you going to get Orton and Orton or go and how are you going to get another? And he goes, I don't need any help. I will get a match because I'm Randy Orton. I love, I love the bad Randy Orton. I think it's awesome. And I think they should have him, uh, knock off McIntyre. And I think he will. And then have just everybody else after him again. And then I truly, truly would love more than anything if Orton and Rollins somehow became a thing. Now, is that going to happen? Probably way far-fetched, but wow. After watching Raw the other night, and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Orton's sidekick, or uh, Rollins' sidekick. Uh, Buddy Murphy. Murphy. Murph. If after they went at it and everything, if you get Rollins and Orton, I'm talking about some damage. Straight damage can be done. That's something that I'm it's, you know, wishful thinking, but that'd be cool. But I love the Orton uh, saga right now. All right. And finally, from Raymond, we'll end the show with another wrestling question. With seeing how successful Roman Reigns has been with a heel turn and how the fans have made a 180, does it make you wish that you saw John Cena become a heel? That's a Oof. good. That's a good question because I, I, everybody's always wanted it, and I was okay with John Cena not ever doing it. But what was it? Two WrestleManias ago, maybe when he faced the Fiend, or no, it was Bray Wyatt, and in the montage he comes out in the NWO uh, getup. I thought that's the John Cena. I I never knew I wanted, but now that I've seen it, I want something like that. Uh, <sighs> I, I love how Rollins and Orton can turn heel in two seconds. I think it's unbelievable. Roman Reigns, yes, he's turned that way. And a lot of it has to do with Paul Heyman. Um, 
but I still see Roman Reigns as the shield. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's getting better, better, and better. But whew, what? We have some good questions tonight. Um, yeah, but you know, I think John Cena coming out as a heel. He's like, man, I'm I'm making action movies, getting paid a lot of money. I'm like, why am I going to go turn bad on WWE? Although I think on the flip side, and you kind of just said this. Roman Reigns, not Roman, but uh, Seth Rollins can go in and out of being a heel with ease, and it's believable when he's either one. I think with John Cena, once he goes over that ledge or, or, or steps over, there's no going back. He can't just flip back and forth with ease like those guys do. I think he has to be one or the other, and there's and he's at the point where he doesn't have much time. Father Time is undefeated in wrestling and in sports. Any sports? Yep. So, with that being said, I'm okay with him finishing out his career as a face. He may it. it I think it's perfect. It's just you know all the good he does. It's kind of like Hulk Hogan. I can't remember back that far to be honest with you how long it took for people you know the vitamins and da 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 to go go heal with the black goatee and. But yeah. I mean, I know it took a lot longer than most people. You know, Shawn Michaels was he was gifted at it. I mean, he can go. Yeah. So. I mean, there's certain guys like I just don't I don't see John Cena doing that. I mean, you know, saving kids, you know, are donating any and everything, you know, the kids that have cancer. I don't know. I, I just my opinion is if Cena does come back, which he will, I it's still going to be Cena sucks. And that's because everybody loves him. Yep. It's still going to be, you know, like Hulk Hogan, eat your vitamins and, you know, save people, be nice to one another. It's, it's still going to be that. I don't think that could ever change. I um, I agree with you, and I guess with that being said, hopefully next week, you know, we'll have a full setup again, or at least DMAC back. We've been talking to Dimitri a little bit and trying to figure out what works best for him, but unfortunately, he's just starting out in the program, and I think once the system starts going, we'll have more time with him, but right now, uh, and and you know what? This is just maybe my guess. It's his first year as a coach. It's his first year as a coach. He might be and, a little bit in over his head, in all honesty. Not saying he's not going to succeed. Hey, no, not in. He knows the game. He knows, but I mean, it's a lot more work than being a um, varsity high school coach than what you think because there's so many different things you have to do. It's not like playing in the big leagues where you have a grounds crew and they rake the fields and they put the bases in for you and they chalk the lines. No, you're out there. You cutting chalk grass. the line. You you take care of the mound. You. Make sure your kids are all, you know, have over a a 3.0. You, it's a lot of work. Fundraising. And, uh, he has to do all that himself. Yep. So, and I'm sure he has some friends out there that help him with it, but it, I'll never forget. I had a, uh, my senior year, I had a, um, our athletic director was uh, our baseball coach and I was his assistant my senior year. And, and I, when we played baseball, I'd be the ones who chalked the lines. I'd be, I was the one who, uh, you know, <laughs> drove the tractor around and, and, and drug the field, be, you know, when we had a game. And uh, so, no, it, there's a lot of things that people that, and I think, I don't want to say he's in over his head. I just think there's a lot of work that he didn't know he had to put in. Well, that's what I and, meant by in over his head. Yes, a thousand percent. And we have so many unbelievable guests lined up. We'll make time when he has time to, uh, uh, put them on because we do have some pretty cool guests coming up. And some of it is, you know, I'm just holding off having them on until Dimitri can be around and he's just mm-hmm. so busy and, and we get it. You know, that stuff comes first. We're, we're here just having fun. So, but he'll be back. He's, he's going to be super limited, but he's not gone. So with that being said, so if you have, yeah, with that being said, if you guys have questions for Dimitri, because he's doing this whole thing now, and it's also, also difficult for him too, with this whole COVID, Yep, things going on. So, please send Dennis the uh, the, the questions and um, to ask Dimitri, and um, we can take it when we uh, and DMac as well, obviously. But oh yeah, so D's going to be maybe a once or twice a month. Yep, until like, he gets things straightened out, and then he'll be back regular scheduled uh, as normal. But with that being said, Jason, welcome back home. We missed you. Uh, DMac will be back next week, hopefully, maybe sooner, but next week for sure. And uh, we'll be back to rolling, at least with three of us. And then Dimitri will uh, pop in whenever he can. So there we go, guys. Uh, that's this week's Wrestling with Sports. We put in a good hour, Jason, and we had nothing to I talk know. about. And I'm going to tell you what, we're not going anywhere. 
nope. to our listeners. We're going to be here. So even if there's a couple weeks that are dead, three weeks, maybe even a month, we're not going anywhere. So uh, thank you for listening and uh, everybody be safe. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of Wrestling with Sports with Jason Kindle, Dimitri Young, sometimes Brett Boone and myself, Dennis Farrell. Remember, you can listen to Wrestling with Sports on all major platforms, especially if you're a new listener. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and please, please, please tell your friends. We have a brand new RSS feed, so we're really trying to promote that, and we can't do it without your help. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Brett Boone at TheBoone29, Dimitri Young at DA Meat Hook, DA Duh Meat Hook, Jason D. Kindle 18 is for Jason Kindle, and myself, Undisputed DPF. I just changed it, by the way. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Every time you download and you listen, it means the world to all of us, and we keep doing it for you. So please. Please, please tell your friends. That's the way you can get back to us here at Wrestling With Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well. Wrestling With Sports. That's where you can get some live videos. You can get fresh content that you can't get anywhere else. So, on behalf of the guys, thank you once again. Wrestling With Sports.